Dear friends in Christ, after hearing the good news of the resurrection two weeks ago, we who were here for the sunrise service went downstairs and enjoyed a hearty breakfast, an Easter breakfast served by our young people. After hearing about the resurrection and actually experiencing the resurrection, the disciples in our text today had their own Easter breakfast. The food was served by their risen Lord, who himself was there on the seashore, the Sea of Galilee. When I looked at this text again today, I saw four different reasons for the Lord, I believe, appearing to his disciples in that time and in that way. First, he appeared to re-enlist his disciples for the kingdom's cause. Now, we can almost imagine the disciples sitting there in Jerusalem waiting. Day after day, they waited for something to happen, maybe for Jesus to come back and, and appear once again and visit with them. But nothing happened for quite a while, and finally, Peter said to the others there, I'm going fishing. And the others said, we'll go with you. So they went back and returned to that occupation they knew best, catching fish. It was great while it lasted, they thought, but was there more to the Christian life? They needed, of course, to work things through in their own minds. And you see, there was a danger that even Christ's disciples who had seen everything that Christ did on this earth, all the miracles and the teachings and so on, would take that familiar road back to their former occupations and forget about the life-changing events that had just taken place, his death and his resurrection. So Jesus needed to come and re-enlist them as his disciples to further his kingdom. We hear that word re-enlist used a lot of times with soldiers who re-enlist in the armed services because they want to continue to serve their country and to experience often a life-changing experience. So what happened to the crowds that were at Emmanuel and in most other Christian churches two weeks ago on Easter Sunday. Where are they all? Have they gone back to their occupations as if nothing earth-shattering has happened? Did many come because it was Easter Sunday to hear the words and to hear the music and then to return to their daily life as if nothing great had happened. If we think about it, how many times have we felt close to the Lord, but then we didn't allow that experience to change us? I know I've been to some very powerful worship experiences and conferences and, and camps and so on through my lifetime where I've experienced the power of the Lord, and he just seems so close. And when I talk to our confirmants, a lot of them have had those type of experiences in different ways too. 
that we'll be hearing about next week. But when I think about it, there are times I know that I haven't used those times of recharging to walk closer then with God. I've just kind of let him go. And I went back to fishing. In other words, I went back to my normal routine as if nothing earth-shattering had happened. And those of, us, those of us who have been around a while and have been to a lot of Easter services, we say, well, we've heard that story before. But we need to realize that that, that experience for the disciples and hopefully for us in our own century is a life-changing experience every time we celebrate that. So, Jesus came to re-enlist his disciples in the first century and to re-enlist the disciples, you and I, in the 21st century so that we can be recharged to go out and share that gospel message. Secondly, our Lord came to help his disciples to recall the lesson that he had taught them, apart from me, you can do nothing. The disciples had fished all night, and they had caught nothing. These people were professional fishermen. They knew that there weren't any fish out there. They had tried and tried. Then there was that figure on the shore they didn't recognize right away, this figure who cried out to them, children, or it can be translated, fellows, have you any fish? And they answered, no. And then the stranger to these professional fishermen, commands them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat, and he says, you will get some fish. How often we, like those disciples, have been fishing on the wrong side of the boat, making our own decisions, trying to get things done in our own strength and wisdom, and we wonder what's going on. But then the disciples decided to obey the voice of this one on the shore. And it says in our scripture today that they had such a multitude of fish in the net that they couldn't even draw it in. And I'm sure they were overwhelmed. What tremendous, unexpected type of things also happen when we obey the words of the Lord. It is when I surrender this church that I am so eager to see as a spiritual center of power in Story City. When I surrender Emmanuel to the Lord, it is then that his spirit can move and fish are caught. You see, the more tightly we seek to control the work of God, the ministry of our Lord here at Emmanuel, and say it has to be done just in the way we think it should be done, the more often the net, I believe, is pulled up empty. We need to be in touch and listen carefully to God's words and his commands to us as a congregation as well and see what he has in store for us, even though at the time we wonder. So how about you today? Are your nets empty? Have you been fishing all night and you wonder what's wrong? Do you wonder why life just isn't going that well for you? 
Maybe the Lord is trying to get your attention by letting you try for a while in your own power until you recall, like the disciples had to recall, that same lesson, apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe you've been trying so hard to make things work with your husband or your wife or another family member, but nothing seems to help. Today, I would say, put it totally in God's hands. Let him fill you with his encouragement to make it through the days ahead, to allow his spirit to fill you with his wisdom so that you know what to do. So he recalls to us his teachings. Thirdly, Jesus came to the shore that day to be reconciled to his disciples. You know, these followers of Jesus, they fled from their master when he had needed them the most. Peter had denied even knowing Jesus. On seeing that the stranger on the shore was Jesus, Peter hastily wraps an outer garment around him and and impulsively jumps into that sea to greet his Lord. He could not wait to meet Jesus. But, of course, he was ashamed as well of what he had done in that courtyard a few weeks before when he failed his Lord. Peter must have been longing to meet Jesus at least one more time hoping for some kind of restoration. There was a fire glowing on the beach. It wasn't the same kind of fire that Peter had tried to warm himself in the courtyard there by the temple a few weeks before when he had denied knowing Jesus. No, there was a flame there on the shore kindled by the risen Lord himself, and now he invites Peter and the other disciples to breakfast, to join him for a time of fellowship. It was at this breakfast that Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Corresponding to the three times that he had denied the Lord. And Peter responds three times, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. So then Jesus commanded him, then, if you do care for my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter, with those words now, is reinstalled and restored to his position as disciple and is reconciled to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How often has Jesus used a meal to make his presence and power known? Well, Jesus used the wedding feast at Cana and the feeding of the 5,000 to show who he was. He used the miracle of the filled nets in our text today and this breakfast meal to informally restore and be reconciled to his closest friends and to show them that he still wanted them to be used in kingdom work and to remind them that he still loved them even though they had failed him. Well, Jesus comes again to us, often with a meal 
through which we can receive his forgiveness and his power for our lives. Jesus comes again and again in an intimate way through the bread and the wine of Holy Communion to help us remember that even though we have failed him, you and I, that he still wants to be reconciled with us and he still wants to use us for his kingdom work. When we were in the Holy Land the last time, we went to that exact spot where they believe this occurred, where Jesus had this little breakfast with his disciples. And today there is, there is a, a restaurant there with outdoor tables where they serve hundreds of people a day, fish and other foods. And after we had stopped to have a meal there by the, the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee, They have a little area there where you can gather as various tourist groups and have a worship service together and have communion. And it was one of the most wonderful experiences I've had in sharing Holy Communion together with others. And to hear the words of the pastor that led in that particular service, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And right next to where that little place was was a statue of Jesus and Peter. And it shows how Peter was looking up into the eyes of Jesus again with a smile on his face, knowing that once again he had, he had been restored to being a disciple of his Lord. He'd been reconciled with Jesus. And I thought to myself, I need that too. I need to know that even though I fail, even though I sin, I too can still be used for God's kingdom. I can be reconciled again and again with my Lord Jesus Christ. So, that's good news. But finally, today, our Lord shares himself with his disciples in order to renew their spirits for the work he had for them in changing the world. Our text tells us that Peter counted every one of the fish that were in the net that day, and guess how many there were? 153. Well, what is the significance of that? Well, Jerome, one of the the church fathers who wrote uh, centuries ago, has pointed out that 153 fish was symbolic of a perfect catch. For at that time, there were 153 different varieties of fish known in the civilized world. So it underlines, by this type of catch in the net, it underlines and emphasizes the worldwide mission Jesus had given to these men. They were first called, yes, to be fishers of men, not just fishers of fish. Now that mandate, that command from the Lord himself was being renewed and clarified. These disciples now are to fish for the souls of men throughout the world, to go to all people, not just the people of that vicinity. Every Sunday, we celebrate that call and that challenge. Every Sunday, you see, is a little Easter Again today, we have been nourished by our risen Lord's presence, and we are being renewed and challenged 
to be like those first disciples, to go forth from this place to be lights for Jesus in a sinful and darkened world. Christ comes to reinstall his disciples today as well. You and I who call Jesus our Lord. He comes to help us recall those teachings, those promises that he has given us in his word. He has come to remind us that he wants to be reconciled with us even though we continue to separate ourselves from him through our sin time and time again. And finally, he comes to renew us today with his power for we cannot be who he calls us to be unless the Spirit of God directs those actions in our lives. He cares that much for us that he's willing to do all that again for us today. So let's use these words from our Lord in our gospel today to allow us again to become life-changing forces that share the good news that our Lord is alive and that he is the answer to our brokenness that we experience in life. And may we too be revived for his kingdom's work. Amen.